It's Monday in the first week of Lent. Welcome to today's Lentcast. This is Father John Zulsdorf. We continue our pilgrimage through the station churches of Rome like ancient catechumens, or also the faithful baptized who would gather at the Collect Church and then go to the Station Church for Mass. Today's Collect Church is Saints Cosmas and Damian by the Roman Forum, and the station is San Pietro in Vincoli, St. Peter in Chains, on the Opian Hill, which is an outcropping of the Esquiline. Sixteen centuries ago, this is where the prefecture was located, where many Christians were condemned to death. The original church was erected in 431 in the time of Celestine I, and it was dedicated to Saints Peter and Paul. Tradition holds that the chains which had held St. Peter in prison in Jerusalem had been given to the Empress Eudoxia, who in the 5th century gave them to Pope Leo the Great, who rebuilt the church and placed the chains there for our veneration down to our day. Also here are the relics of the Maccabee brothers, under the altar, as well as Michelangelo's statue of Moses, made originally for the tomb of Julius II in 1513. In the nave, you see columns from the portico of Octavia, which is still standing in the Jewish quarter of Rome. In the older form of Holy Mass, the texts were influenced by the theme of imprisonment. Consider that Christ told Peter on the shore of the Sea of Galilee when he questioned Peter about his love three times, to undo Peter's threefold denial, that one day Peter would be bound and taken to where he did not want to go. That would happen in Rome. Peter would be bound in chains and taken to the circus of Caligula on the Vatican Hill, and there crucified upside down and buried in a nearby cemetery. Chains are, in a sense, the symbol of the Petrine and apostolic vocation. From Towards Easter by Father Patrick Troedek. In the epistle for today, the prophet Ezekiel portrays our Lord as a good shepherd who takes care of his flock. He was to call himself the good shepherd and say that he gives his life for his sheep. He knows his sheep and they know him. He walks before them and they follow him. He defends them against ravening wolves and gives his life to save them. That is indeed what our Lord does for the children of God and of the church in these days of mercy and forgiveness. By the voice of the church, God calls all of his sheep to the fold of his Son, that they might live by his grace. We want to be attentive to his voice. Whether we be lost, wounded, weak, ill, the divine shepherd will find us again, will take care of us, will heal us, if we seize the grace of conversion which he desires to give to us. We are all in need of conversion. Let us be firmly convinced of the fact and so let us ask our Lord for the grace not to spend this Lent carelessly, for indeed one day, the day of our death, time will no longer exist for us, and we will no longer be able to do penance. It will then be too late. We know that everything which we will have done in our lifetime, that is not for the love of God, will merit no reward. His mercy as good shepherd will give way to his justice, for he is also the just judge as the gospel of today describes him. 
Let us understand in particular that a true love of God has to find concrete expression in the love of our neighbor, and so let us act in consequence. Lord Jesus, Good Shepherd, help me to take advantage of this Lent in order to draw closer to Thee, and grant me to unite my prayer to the practice of good works toward my neighbor, so as to hear one day from Thy lips the consoling words of today's Gospel, Come, ye blessed of my Father, possess you the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. <laughs>